Hi, this is Matt Cooley, host of the podcast Upside Downside, where we explore what it takes to be the best finance business partners possible. I'm a finance business partner myself and former president of the New York City chapter of Financial Executives International. Prepare to meet professionals on the front lines of value creations and hear their stories. If you'd like to suggest a future guest for this podcast or be a guest yourself, please reach out. Now on to today's podcast. Please welcome Elisa Gelbhard, founder and president of Point Road Group. Welcome, Elisa. Thanks, Matt. Good to be here. Well, thank you so much for taking the time. Um, please tell us about your business and how you came to the role that you have today. Sure. So Point Road Group is a personal branding and consulting firm, and we help both companies and individuals make better impressions to drive success. And on the company side of things, we help the companies actually make better impressions through their people. And that's who we focus on. So we work with executive teams, finance departments, biz, you know, business development departments, biz, and, and business units and entire companies to help their people be more visible and effective so they can have a better impact internally and externally. And so that's whether it's their virtual presence, and we're doing a heck of a lot of that these days, um, LinkedIn, communications, networking, coaching. It's all about helping people improve how they come across to others and the impressions they make. And we're industry agnostic. We work with companies of all sizes, you know, private companies, Fortune 500, startups, nonprofits. And on the individual side of things, we work with senior executives who want to strengthen their personal brand to drive success in whether it's just, you know, in their everyday jobs or because they're conducting a job search or a board search. And we work across functional areas uh, with individuals, but a very large portion of them are finance executives. And we've been doing that, you know, since uh, the company's inception and we're industry agnostic um, there too. And my background is actually in strategic marketing and branding. Um, I worked in a variety of industries and actually always worked closely with finance and IT leaders, which is why I think I still love working with them to this day, um, with all due respect to all the other functional areas. Um, <laughs> we, we won't tell them, don't we? Yeah, <laughs> um, and of course, I'm saying it on a podcast, so yeah, that's a big secret now. Um, <laughs> but um, as my career progressed, I was always hiring and, and building teams and I enjoyed really enjoyed connecting people um, just you know whether it was for their career or just for business success and I was kind of like an unofficial go-to person in the companies that I worked for when the people were looking to either hire um, people specific people um, or improve impressions and I didn't realize at the time during all this it was just something I was doing on this you know as just part of my job but not really a requirement and I didn't realize that I was sowing the seeds for the business you know that, that it is today. And people started asking me, you know, who I knew for advice, and then it became people I didn't know. And so at the time I was working um, in the nonprofit world, nonprofit world. And so I hung up a shingle and figured, you know, why not? And things kind of took off from there. And I'm a completely, I call myself an accidental entrepreneur because I never had the intention of owning my own business. Um, and it just kind of happened as things started to grow. And, you know, and then, you know, we started initially when we started the company, it was um, working just with individuals. And then, you know, the corporate business grew out of that. Oh, that's excellent. That, that's a great path. And um, I love that uh, accidental entrepreneur. Oh, very cool. So you do work with a lot of finance professionals, as you mentioned. Um, what's the biggest thing when you look at us as a group that you would like to change? And I know there must be something. Oh, um, there absolutely is. This is actually a easy one. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> because, you know, like you mentioned, you know, we've been working with finance leaders since day one, but 
what actually the, the biggest thing actually hasn't changed over all this time, which is not really being as effective as possible in both how um, you introduce yourself and explain what you do. So it's usually one extreme or the other. It's a kind of five minute speech without coming up for air um, and getting into lots and lots of detail or something super, super short that's not so informative. And, you know, there's obviously a, a, a balance there. and You want to do something in between those two things. And I think, another, you know, kind of relating to that is also not tailoring to an audience. So you can't always assume, even if you're speaking to someone in, in finance, you don't know their background and what, how much knowledge they have and kind of larger picture. So I think a mistake also is kind of, you know, not tailoring to who you're speaking with and is speaking to. And regardless though of kind of how you share information, whether it's a short version or a long version, it also, and this is really, I, I think one of the most important pieces is that it doesn't really truly reflect their value, capabilities, accomplishments. I think finance people more than most undersell themselves. Um, and I shouldn't use the word sell because I actually don't really mean that, but you know, kind of just um, don't really fully communicate what they bring to the table and, um, and kind of boosting themselves up a little bit to show what they're really doing. And, um, and I think then, of course, by extension, that gets reflected in LinkedIn profiles and if they have resumes and bios and things like that. So, Wow. I, you're striking right at the heart of our, our psyche and our insecurities as finance people. Um, so I, <laughs> but you're I like, amazing. That's the thing. I like that answer. I you like need that to answer. tell people about it. Yeah, that's, that's neat. Um, Finance business partners, which is what this podcast really is about, are usually joined at the hip with decision makers, right, at companies, executives. What aspects of this role, from your perspective, differentiate it from other finance roles? Let's say somebody who's probably more focused on the accounting side. And how should we be using those aspects to grow our, our skills and our careers? I love this, love this question. I really do because it, I think a lot of people just see, you know, think if they don't know what a finance business partner is, they just think it's just like, like you said, you know, like any other finance role. And here it's different because it's, it's a much more strategic role. You know, you're a trusted advisor, um, you know, to that, that business area, you add value in decision-making and not that other finance roles don't add value. They absolutely do, but this is a at a different level. And I think it has a bigger impact. And, you know, in this role, you have a pulse on the business and have meaningful insights. And you're not just in one area, you know, focusing on, let's say, financial reporting or, you know, or budgeting or something like that. And you're really looking cross-functionally across finance, but also in other areas too. And I think what is, you know, what kind of skills are required? Well, I think critical is communication skills. And this is really, I think, what sets people apart in their, you know, if they're kind of set up to be, uh, you know, having a finance business partner role or a different role within finance. Um, communication skills, listening skills, being kind of proactive and anticipating things because you're doing analysis and you're partnering with someone. So you're really understanding um, their their business area and what they're thinking and thinking strategically and 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 being empathetic because you know of course the technical finance skills are important they come after that but these other skills I think are really critical and um, if you hone those that's going to help as you progress and as you look to a finance business partner role or if you haven't done it before or a larger one if you're looking to kind of develop in that area and I think you know as you think about your career 
after, once you become a finance business partner, you're not limited to finance anymore if you want to be making a change. There's a lot of things that can come next. You can go in different directions. And of course, though, those type of roles depend on you know, a wide variety of factors, you know, um, of course, like I mentioned, if you want to stay in finance or not, but also, you know, what you did beforehand, what you've accomplished in your finance business partner role, um, other roles that you've held and the level and all those kinds of things. But you could go so many different ways, um, you know, whether it's strategy or operations and, and other things too, but it really is a good transition role if you're looking to do something else and have a larger impact on the business. But it's also a good role if you're looking to progress within finance and you want to get a different perspective. Yeah, that's, that's outstanding. And uh, that should really psych up everybody listening here. Um, I, I, love so. way, <laughs> I love the way that you put that. Uh, with all the uncertainties in the world right now, you know, we've got so much going on, not just COVID, geopolitics, inequality, um, the growing uh, power of technology on our roles and the impact that it has. Um, would you say this is a good or bad time to be looking for a finance business partner job? Well, I actually get asked that question all the time, just about jobs in general, right? <laughs> what do we do now? <laughs> but, you know, I think there's positives and negatives, and I'll just kind of focus on a few because it's, you know, it's, yes, it's challenging to look for a job right now, but it's not necessarily a bad time. So some of the positives, and I'll just give you, you know, I'm, and by, you know, I'm just giving a few, but this is not an exhaustive list by any means, but, you know, you can consider opportunities out of your geographic area. You know, we just hired someone from Iowa and I got to tell you, you know, six months ago, that would have been pretty unlikely. So, you know, that opens kind of up the world to people. Um, it's also a good of time, in my opinion, to evaluate kind of what's important to you and your career. And if you've been wanting to make a change for a while, you can kind of leverage the current situation and what's going on to start moving in a different direction. You know, very often, and we find this with people in, in, in finance roles, they stay in them for a long time. And I can't tell you how frequently we've talked to people, work with clients who say, you know, I've been wanting to do this for, you know, you know, a couple of years at least. So for, I think people who have been thinking that it's a good time, um, you know, and, and just because the market's filled with so many different, you know, so many candidates right now for a wide variety of reasons, that doesn't mean that they're all, you know, direct competitors for the roles that you're seeking. So yes, it's generally more competitive out there, but I think that was happening pre all the <laughs> lovely things that you mentioned. Sure. Um, so, you know, you don't want to think just because everybody, lots of more people are looking for a job that that means they're direct competitors for, to you. Um, another plus I think is that, you know, companies have really reinvented themselves, gone through transformation, you know, and obviously so many across so many industries because of what recently happened, but even before. But but especially given, you know, what's happened over the last couple months, you know, they can be looking for people with new perspectives and new experience. So maybe we'll the type of person who they previously looked for in a finance business partner role, like that may have changed. And maybe, you know, I don't know, it could be industry experience isn't as relevant or having have held specific roles previously isn't as important, you know, that their perspective on who would be a good fit for the role is changing because how they do business and how they, you know, how they're approaching the company strategically, um, you know, for, for, you know, to grow um, is different now too. And, you know, some negatives are, okay, yes, there are fewer 
positions open because companies are trying to do more with less given kind of everything that's happened, you know, but, and, and at the scene, but at the same time, at the senior level, there's certain things that, you know, more junior level staff can't do. So they still need to fill those roles. Um, so I'm sorry, I'm kind of going back and forth with a little positive and yeah, negative that's, here, that's but, um, I think it's harder though now, generally speaking, to look for a job because networking is obviously not as easy. You can certainly, and for anybody who thinks you can't network virtually, you absolutely can. It's just a different kind of effort and it's, you know, doesn't come as easy as, um, you know, kind of the way it was before. But it's also harder when you're interviewing to get to know a potential boss and team, colleagues, board, you know, through, through a screen. You know, it's sure. that gut feeling that you have about people. You can still get it, but it doesn't happen quite the way it used to, um, you know, when you were meeting people regularly in person. Um, another area that I think makes it a little more challenging is that the uncertainty with companies right now and what's happening. And maybe they're virtual now, maybe the uh, well, maybe the role itself is virtual now, but maybe it won't be in a year. So that makes maybe a geographic, uh, you know, if you're looking at other geographies, a little more challenging, but maybe the company is still going through a transformation and that can be both a positive and a negative in a finance role. Um, you know, I think so there's different things that are that happen right that are happening right now with uncertainty that can make it a little bit more challenging, you know, or the company, they want to bring you on, but um, think that maybe as a consultant first, or it's getting delayed. I mean, we hear every kind of scenario there is, but again, but another positive, I want to end on a positive note is that companies are looking at candidates in new ways. They're also being more flexible with the type of people that they're bringing on, both in terms of their background and experience and skills, et cetera, but also the type of person and where they are. So I do think it's, you know, it's not necessarily a bad time. It's just the challenges are a little bit different. Mm -hmm. You mentioned networking. So we know each other through a finance association. What are the best sources right now from your perspective for finance business partners to be networking in outside of the office? That is the million dollar question, right? <laughs> well, I think there's there's a lot of Don't charge us. <laughs> there's a lot of things um, that you can be doing. One, of course, is if you're part of professional associations like you and I are, um, that you don't stay disconnected from them. That yes, it's not the same as meeting people in person, but you still can reach out to people, attend, you know, Zoom. Yes, we all have Zoom fatigue, but you still can attend them and meet new people. And and the, the beauty of that is you're not limited to your geography. You can meet people from all over, you know, the country and in other countries as well. I, you know, I've actually, I experienced that, you know, when, when everything first changed, um, you know, it was, you know, I think, thought, oh, how am I going to do this? How am I going to still continue to network? Because I, I enjoy it, but it's also important for business. And I had to figure it out too, you know, where I was, I had done some of it virtually before, but now it was critical that I did it exclusively. So you have to kind of get over it that, you know, it's not going to be as comfortable as it was before. And, and let's also, let's also be realistic that, you know, I'm going to make a sweeping generalization, but I think you'll probably support it that there's a lot of finance professionals who don't like networking or don't think that they're good at it. And so they shy away from it. So it's really critical that you make the effort now. Think about, you know, I always say to people, start with the easy stuff, start with the network you already have, people you haven't been in touch with, you know, and, and get in touch with them. Think of, are there other professional associations 
that might be of interest, talk to people you know and say, what are you doing for networking? How's it working? You know, what's worked, what hasn't? And get feedback from other people. But critical here is not to just get feedback from people in financial roles. You know, look at people outside of that so you get different perspectives. I think that that's really important as you're, and when you're, you got to make a little more effort, you know, when you're on a group, if you're on a group Zoom um, or whatever platform that you're on, you know, you have to make an effort to connect with someone afterwards. And whether it's through LinkedIn, email, someone making an introduction, it's really important to do that and to follow up and not just have that one and done. Right. And I think particularly if you're in a finance business partner role, some of those uh, skills and abilities to do just that, you should probably already have. Mm-hmm. Uh, so from one perspective, it's uh, uh, stepping a little bit outside of your comfort zone, but it shouldn't be completely foreign to you. Correct. Correct. Yeah. And, and if it's something that you're really looking to strengthen, now's the perfect time to do it. It'll only, and it'll only help you in your role. Right. Right. That, that's, that's a wonderful, wonderful way to look at it. Elisa, where is this finance business partner role headed? And what would you recommend people do now to prepare for the future? I, I don't know, let's say the next five years. What should we be doing to prepare for that future? So it's funny, you know, in thinking about the role, I, I was, you know, in anticipation of our, um, of our conversation today, I was thinking, you know, 10 years ago, people didn't use that expression, finance business partner, just like they didn't use personal branding, you know, what we do. It's just funny how it's still Trailblazers, my friend. Yeah, it, you know, it still existed, but people didn't have it just wasn't called that. So I was just thinking about how, you know, interesting it is because it's now front and center um, to me in the finance world anyway, that, that and I see it. And I think companies are really seeing finance professionals in new ways, you know, particularly the value that they bring beyond the traditional way that they've always brought value. Um, businesses are a lot more focused on strategy and performance and kind of measurable outcomes and results. So I think the value of a finance business partner is just going to increase. So I think the importance is going to get um, just, you know, be more and more significant over the, the next, what do you say, five years. Um, so, so what can you do now to prepare for that? Well, I think first for, you know, people listening and, you know, if you only have a top line understanding of really what a finance business partner role is, talk to people in the role now, you know, understand how they got there, um, what their biggest challenges are in the role, where they excel, if there are things that they wish they kind of accomplished or did before landing the role that could have been helpful. You know, you want to find out those things. That, those are the best people to, to speak with. But I think you should also, you know, as you prepare for the future, whenever possible, get more involved in strategic initiatives, identify opportunities where you can kind of up your analytical game, you know, where you can get more experience drawing insights and making business recommendations if, you know, if it's something that you, you haven't done a lot of. Um, certainly strengthening communication and collaboration skills. Um, I think that's critical. I also think it's important to kind of know where you are on the um, emotional intelligence spectrum, if you will. You know, having higher EQ can only benefit you in this kind of role. And I also think that kind of you can, you know, when, whenever there's an opportunity to raise your hand and get involved in cross-functional projects, um, if you have a limited experience in those areas, that can also be helpful. You know, you want to kind of break down some of the things that are important. We had even discussed some of those earlier and say, okay, if you don't have a ton of experience in those 
those areas, or even if it's soft skills that you just really haven't just had the opportunity to hone just because of the way you've come up, you know, in the finance organization, then see opportunities, um, you know, if there are opportunities where you can get more involved. Well, and especially this last year with uh, little to no commuting going on. Right. Um, <laughs> you know, most of us don't have excuses for working on things like that. Wow. Um, taking care of our careers and feeding them over the long haul is something that's so important. And I, I've observed not enough people do. So I really want to yeah. thank you for being with us today oh, and, sure. and sharing your wisdom, Elisa. It's and been a pleasure, Matt. Absolutely. And thank you to our subscribers for listening to this episode of Upside Downside. We will see you next time.